Welcome to the One Fall Show. My name is Mr. Bean, joined as always by Shawnee Constant. Hey, how you doing, sir? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Who's our guest this week, Shawnee? This week we have uh, legendary, well, he goes by many names. Um, we were going to call him Joseph Shimana here. He has been on the show in the long, long past and an episode no longer available to the general public as Pencil Neck. Damn, uh, former three mic is out the window, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've got to... Uh, uh, he, he's he's performed under the name Muscle Baby, and he's got some other things that he's going to uh, unfurl for us at the end of the episode. He's but, here to plug. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm business related here, baby. I'm I'm here breaking necks, cash and checks, getting the little classic classic vibe on the One Fall Show. But really, it's just you know I'm here to advertise. Excellent. You bait the hook, you throw it out, and then you reel them in real slow. Our audience likes that. The man knows. Do the they know? You're here, here to badger our audience. <laughs> as we discuss with Elizabeth, as long as there are... Okay, so we're going to let you run the board one more time, but if you get out of control, we're going to take it away from you. Do All you right. understand? Okay, you got it. All right. I won't hit any buttons unless you tell me. It was a stupid idea it's, from bad creative and all that good creative. And you're going to respect our friend Elizabeth. I don't. I, I, that wasn't me. That was Chris Jericho. <laughs> Is Elizabeth oh, loading man. up the clip on, on Chuck's uh, sample-based <laughs> strategy? Yes, that's true. Ah, yeah. shit. All right, all right. Come and shoot. It's just, it's tragic. It's tragic. All right. All so right, now you've you got it, Elizabeth Bean. on hand Damn, at all you got, times. You've got three enemies, Elizabeth. Listen up. This is the One Fall Podcast, baby. <laughs> she said she didn't like the Badger, so we replaced him. Now Elizabeth, Elizabeth is, is the, the Badger. badger. <laughs> you see this suit I'm wearing? <laughs> there he is. <laughs> All right, everybody. I think we just, let's hit the, we don't know what we're doing on this show particularly. No, we got a few wa- ideas and we're going to. I walk in and I go, Shawnee, what are we doing? And, and you let you take the reins, so. All right. We're going to play the music and we're going to talk to Joseph Shimana and we're going to see what we can pull out of our. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm Shawnee Constant. I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Bean. Kayfabe, motherfucker. Kayfabe, motherfucker! We are basking in the glory. In the glory! Of the opulent Russell Palace. Chandelier! Russell Palace! Like you spike prison style, dude. Boom shakaloo! The scariest of all clowns. Murder clown! It's like we've said uh, previously on the show. Mirror! I'm fat! You got fat ass! <laughs> He's coming, Jakey! Bob Burr's got a big old net! It's a work! It's a work! And this is the One Fall So this was an interesting week in professional wrestling, gentlemen. You could say that. <laughs> we have been a very AEW-centric show, but things went crazy in Saudi Arabia. Right. I still don't have the bone saw drop. I don't have the nerve yet to put the bone saw drop in there, although I've been working this angle. Every time I see the stories or I see a conversation about the stories, I imagine that the logical next step in this whole scenario is that they're going to have to give up a sacrificial job or to the Saudi Arabian death squad. Like, Mojo, we got one more job for you. <laughs> well, it, it feels like after all the stories, and once again, there, there's stories, like I, Bruce Pritchard loves to say, was he there? I was there. And right. a lot of the stories we're hearing are from people who were not there. Yes, very secondhand information, yes. Right, but it, it feels like if even half of those stories are true, that's what it's probably going to take in order for the Saudi Arabia deal to fall through. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, one of the stories it's, was it that... It sure looked... Like if it wasn't... Okay, so we've got two scenarios, right? The, the given story, it's mechanical failure. The second story, that there was some financial and business dealings that went awry. Right. And things went sideways. That's almost an international incident, which I understand in Carney means nothing. Yeah, but well, to yeah. everybody else in the world, <laughs> that means something, right? Right, for sure. Did this make, like, widespread news? Like, is this an American panic? Of uh, the fact that, like, you know, your well, they, uh, performers and uh, entertainers were basically kidnapped over $7 well, million? Well, they don't have members of Congress, uh, you know, 
telling Vince McMahon to settle his business or anything like that. But uh, it was pretty widespread as far as wrestling fans are, are concerned. Yeah, Vince McMahon's the man, dude. Just rolling in, putting his chest out, like, you know, walking into the fray. Like, yeah, take my boys. I don't give a goddamn. I'm, yeah, I'm like, back in America now. you see this suit I'm wearing? Right, exactly. Amen, dude. He's like, a little light waterboarding will be good for the boys. Meanwhile, <laughs> right. I got Adam Cole stateside, dude. Keep him. And you'd think that with Donald Trump being a, the president of the United States at the time of this recording, being a... Um, a member of the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, the celebrity that one. he would choose to get involved. We heard a little bit about it when the actual um, journalist was murdered. Right. Uh, there was actually some comment from different people in Congress and the presidency. I don't know. I think now things are so squirrely in Washington that some rest, a plane full of wrestlers getting jacked is just not even like they, they have they have bigger fish to fry Damn, do dude. i look like i care <laughs> <laughs> no. i can't believe king trumpy didn't like walk in there and be like yo 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 now nope. you're making it personal you're fucking with my boys right like, right Damn. No, well, part of that is the, the one of the initial stories is that the one plane that got out was like Vince Hogan, uh, Brock, mm-hmm. you know, Ric Flair, like all the all the really big names. The, the ballers. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's the Carl Andersons and the, uh, you know, Xavier Woodses of the of the group or, or Kofi Kingston's, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think Donald to, Trump watches had, up, up, down, down or anything, you know, had to stay an extra day. Yeah. Very, very weird story. But. It was spun into gold because I have God to say, damn right it was. SmackDown was everything that I would have wanted it to be. Yeah, SmackDown, like they they decided, and I I, I said as much because we talked about this a little bit on the uh, the other podcast I do Nerd Radio. But like, how shitty was it for the two hundred five guys and for like the undercard guys that didn't go, or like the entire women's division that's like, hey, we're here. Yeah, all the you, local if, talent who are like, my time to shine. Right, <laughs> well, you can you can put us on. We're here. And instead, they're like, no, we're going to just uh, grab half NXT and just start Survivor Series early. Yeah, but it was a lot of fun, and it sure got the pop that they've needed for the, these first several weeks it's, of the new Wednesday Night Wars. And got me to watch NXT on Wednesday night. Which that's fascinating. I thought, was, I thought was a big moment. Yeah. You skipped AEW or did split screen? I didn't split screen. I watched, though, the start. I turned on uh, NXT with the intention of seeing what they were going to open with, and they immediately opened with Morrow alerting everybody that the OC were invading the... Uh, the, 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 the Full sale? Full sale, <laughs> yes. What? And uh, so I watched up to the commercial there, then flipped over to NXT, or to AEW, rather, watched the first match there, and then sort of ping-ponged. Ultimately, though, at about 10 o'clock, um, my cables acted weird. And I lost the feet on both of them. Oh, Jesus. But I got to see a lot of the great stuff. And yeah. again, it was a new dynamic for me. I'm still um, fully invested in AEW, still watching NWA sure. on uh, Tuesday nights. And uh, But now, yeah, the WWE stuff has me invested. Now, my, my thought is this is going to be fun until we see um, Big Scottish and Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley crash. Full sale. Right. Fuck you, Bobby. I hope you're listening. And yeah. completely ruin the angle because I, I just can't. After the fiend situation, I cannot get invested fully. Well, they've. I mean, going back to uh, the Saudi Arabia crown jewel. Like, if there's one thing that happened there, and there, there's a couple of things that happened there. I not watching most of it. Had no idea that uh, the club had won the big tag team turmoil thing and gotten a fancy. Uh, a fancy trophy out of it. Ooh, a Saudi uh, trophy. It's like uh, like uh, what's his bronze? Yeah, it's like bronze, bronze sweet green bright, belt. Yeah, bright green belt. But um, you know, and then there was the women's match, which was uh, a very big deal. But they, the fiend actually, the the finish we wanted a month ago is mm-hmm. what we got. And quite honestly, I would not be surprised if that was the carny plan all along. I will get you to watch the thing regardless of your political leanings by giving you the one thing you wanted a month ago that you know that I shit all over. I think that you make a wise observation there because this was the first Saudi show that they fully invested in promoting on Raw and SmackDown, which mm-hmm. I think led people to flee, but I think 
speaks to a bigger plan for right. Vince McMahon, where he's laughing because he knows the marks are going to get what they want. Yeah. And he's going to give it to him in a place they don't want to see it, which will teach him all a lesson. <laughs> exactly. The Fiend won the championship? He did. Now, in did, Saudi Arabia? In Saudi Arabia. Uh, was it the red lights again? I did not watch. There were red Saudi. lights all over that goddamn Jesus match. Uh, there were some great, because it's a Falls Count Anywhere match, so they fought up the ramp. They fought into, there's a this moment where Seth Rollins, um, I think he either super kicks him or he power bombs the Fiend into a whole bunch of electrical equipment. So there's some pyro and some sparks and all some right. gimmick in there. And then he comes down, like, they've got the, the cases set up, so the Fiend falls into something behind the cases. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Seth is like looking in the cases to see where the fiend is and he can't find him. So he turns his back and kind of takes a breath and the fiend rises up behind him. Ooh, nice little horror movie moment there. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, still plenty of the no selling of like taking a billion uh, stomps and and just jumping right back up. Okay. So literally they, they blew their own pay-per-view at Hell in a Cell and, Gave us yes the match that we wanted to see yeah. at this event that half of us or more didn't bother to watch. Right, exactly. Oh, they showed us. Yeah, right? A million, <laughs> million boys already unsubscribed after Hell in a Cell, according to the internet, at least. And, yeah, uh, I have no idea how many they lost. I was one of them. I'm on, the, I'm on the unsubscribe list. I still have the network, I think, for my last month, but I have not turned it on. So yeah. we'll mm. see. It's going to be interesting. Are they going to continue to entertain me enough between now and... And um, Survivor Series. See, and I feel like it's especially in a Survivor Series month and in, in when they're deciding to go this Raw versus SmackDown or Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT like they're doing this year. I feel like they've got your number because you love factions. You want, you know, gang warfare. And that's what Survivor Series is all the fuck about. Yeah. And they I, I think moving Finn over to NXT and setting up the great final moment where you have the club raising the two suites and Finn Balor outside of the ring, holding up the two, the old the finger, finger guns, guns yeah. for, for the bullet club. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's pretty exciting. I certainly have to keep involved in what's going on in that storyline. Right. And if they finally go on to make that a core storyline that impacts the entire locker room, yeah, then of course they've got me. But if they continue to leave the club sequestered in this weird little no man's land, that's far removed from, you know, the Seth Rollins and the Braun Strowman's of the world, then I'll be a little less interested. So that's, we'll see. That's the thing I found the found the goofiest about the OC winning their tag team turmoil over in Saudi Arabia and getting this fancy thing is now they're supposed to be the best tag team in the world when they have one win on their on their record. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they do not put the records up before the match starts they like do they do not. in AEW because it would look awful. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> it would be ridiculous. 72 to three. <laughs> It'd be like, yeah, those are the menacing dudes that are gonna take over and exactly. you know, this whole thing. Exactly. But it was a good... Did you see online? I don't think they played it on NXT, but did you see the spot online of them attacking the Undisputed Era? No. In the Yeah, so there's this great uh, thing that they put on their... I think it was on their Facebook and their YouTube, whatever like that. And Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era walking towards the camera and Adam Cole's talking some shit because he's had a fantastic week. And then uh, Anderson and Gallows come in and wreck fucking house. And Gallows takes... I think it was Bobby Fish and like throws him against one of the the like packing crates or whatever like that and bobby fish must have had like a mouthful of ketchup or something because he spit like this blood looking stuff all over the place <laughs> when oh, his shit. face connected with that thing and then gallows choke slams him into a catering table nice like it's a- worth it it's worth checking out hell yes dude hell yes one of my favorite things about this time of the year watching wrestling with you shawnee is that like you know as a, a huge supporter for the factions and like just dreaming of the day that you get them Whenever they like start breaking off, like, you know, it's early November, maybe late October, and you see like five guys start to like round up, and you're like, oh my God, the factions are coming. And like, no one's got the heart to be like, yo, dog, it's survivors. It's just survivors. It's going to be fun for about four (laughs) years. I get disappointed when survivors do. You throw it out, and then you reel them in. (laughs) That's what's what's happening right there. I have been reeled in so many times, so many times. But at least this time, even if it is, and that's why I say, you know, when we see one of the factions that I just hate doing the invading, I will be, I will completely, God damn it, throw it. (laughs) (laughs) Shane McMahon and and The Miz, you know, teaming up together. They're on on NXT, and they're wrecking house. This sucks. Yeah, I suddenly (laughs) turn into Jim Cornette. Boo, fuck you. This shit sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
That was from uh, Mr. Bean wanted me to pull that from the. Uh, I did. He talked about Hell in a Cell. There was a video I saw from his podcast where he was talking about Hell in a Cell, and I was listening to it. I was uh, in the kitchen doing some dishes, and my girl came in, and just around the time he said that, she was like, "That's fucking hilarious." <laughs> and I had to explain to her Jim Cornette is the guy that on Bruce Pritchard's podcast is like motherfucker, and she thought she thought that was even funnier. Dude, Danny Cornette, man, he he knows how to how to keep somebody you know into the wrestling storyline even when it's just trash. Every time <laughs> well, I tune in, I'm like, "Have you watched NWA Power yet on YouTube?" Are no. You familiar with this no i heard you mention nwa my ears perked up like yeah so billy there. corgan has started william is it william f corgan they uh, refer depends. to him now i yeah. think on the show they refer to him as <laughs> right whatever his middle name is there when he's doing his solo work he's william yeah william corgan has set up a studio nwa show in atlanta georgia with i don't know like a hundred people inside all packed in and it's even smaller than full sale they have the live uh, promos and then the matches right in house in the studio and it's a very unique experience because when someone's given a promo with a small crowd like that if one person yells you can disrupt the whole damn show so right. it's, you really have to maintain the vibe with the audience and Jim Cornette is on commentary oh, in house right yes. so we talked a little bit uh, with uh, our friend Elizabeth she is a, a longtime wrestling fan and I was like. I you know I watched stuff with her and we text back and forth and I'm like is Jim Cornette out of his goddamn mind because he says some crazy stuff I don't want to get into it because we're gonna save a whole segment for next time Elizabeth comes back oh, on sure but uh, yeah he's definitely on our radar boo fuck you this shit sucks <laughs> no one likes you Jim even Jim right <laughs> was Willie Corgi like is he like like Vince McMahon like he's in he there fucking taking bombs not like he has when, not been on TV it's not yeah. like when he was on Impact where he would show up every now and again or something like that but I think he's bankrolling it and he's it's him and uh, it's not I want to say it's Dave Lagana but it's I don't think that's true and it's a very low budget operation but they're they're they've had the company for a couple of years now and he's doing some different traveling stuff with the belt. It's it's interesting because it's super small scale, but mm. it's very broadly. You can tell like everything has been planned out for these right. very small shows. It feels like 1980s wrestling in, in the best way possible. They really nailed it. I love it. It's my favorite hour of Tuesdays. That's Damn. cool. Very yeah. interesting. That's well worth great. watching. Yeah, this week uh, we got to see Colt Cabana won their uh, their secondary belt. Um Ms. Dow, what's his name? Is oh, uh, Damian Sandow. Damian Sandow. Mr. Anderson's on the show. They brought oh, what? the Rock and Roll Express came in. The old <laughs> ass Rock and Roll Express, looking like they just like they survivors of the uh, of the. Um, I was gonna say the Leonard w- Skinner plane crash. <laughs> they yeah. just showed up in civilization, <laughs> dusting themselves <laughs> yeah. out. The week before, they got their asses beat on uh, AEW. By oh, yes, Chris yes. Jericho's inner circle, so they're lucky to be anywhere. Yeah, well, they're LAX, getting booked, man. Right? They're getting booked. <laughs> they mentioned that when they were whooping the young bucks ass in the in the uh, in the audience, and they're like, "Last week they you know tuned up the Rock and Roll Express," and I'm like, "Yeah, I don't, I think, I think Jim Ross is losing his mind a little bit." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought that was a slip. Time has tuned up the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 <Get> yes, his ass. <laughs> yeah, so SmackDown was like segment to segment. It was like you never know who's going to show up, which uh, which NXT talent is going to just like interrupt the match and start beating somebody's ass. And it was it was fun. It reminded me of the uh, the ECW uh, WCW invasion of the two thousands and a couple years prior. It reminded me of something like NWO, where it's like you never fucking know who's going to just show up and run roughshod over whoever's in the ring at the time and they tried to continue it into monday night raw but once again monday is three fucking hours too and like, long yeah there was 45 minutes until you got some kind of payoff of like oh yeah there are nxt people here yeah i i if they can figure out a way to shake this thing out so that um i can watch NXT and SmackDown and get some fun crossover even after the Survivor Series season is over, I would be very, very happy. I I would also be quite happy with not... Like, them basically coming out and saying, we don't need you for Raw. We want a different kind of fan for Raw. We're going to put on a different kind of show for Raw, but we're still going to give you these other things. That would be the perfect world for me if they could figure out how to individually brand in in a fashion like that. I also loved... Not only did the OC come in, but that facing a team of... Bro, Lee, and uh, uh, oh, was Big a, Daddy Heel there. Yeah, um, Bla- the Blackheart. Yes, thank you, thank you. Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, checked out again. Ciampa's a heel now? 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what you, is chopping up in a heel? Yeah, you, oh, you, you, you actually, a lot I think of he's, the, he's the face by default because he's trying to go against Adam Cole. Right, but he's yeah, still that's what I'm trying to figure he's still out. wrestling like a heel, and like he a couple of weeks ago when Finn Balor turned on him and and Johnny Gargano, uh, I showed that to my girl, and she's like, "When is Tommaso Ciampa the good? Why is he teaming up with Johnny Gargano?" I was like, "Well, I think it's the." enemy of my enemy is my friend kind yeah. of situation. Yeah, we're finally, Tommaso Ciampa's doing that great stone cold job that we were always trying to find someone to do where right. you essentially heal your way into a great face character. And yep. He seems to be pulling it off on NXT. I thought we were going to get that out of Seth Rollins because I gotta say, I hate seth rollins currently like his, he is so his twitter bad, presence dude. is cringy his like he's just fucking it's easy to hate seth rollins at he's this moment like, in time he's and a brat like, with no chink in the armor other than the fact that like he doesn't know how to cut a promo no. as, a, as a face whatsoever you know he's had years to figure it out well he's a yes man which is perfect for a heel but for the smarks is the absolute wrong way to, you're never going to convince me that you reading those scripts is something I want to cheer for. Right. And that's the same thing we had with Roman Reigns. But of course, now the entire internet has shifted and has said, oh, why did we ever give away Roman Reigns? This is so terrible. <laughs> I love Roman Reigns, man. I, I, I subjected myself to like multiple 2014 Roman Reigns matches while like on the cusp of, am I with this guy? Am I not with this guy? Because like, you know, not to be a contrarian or nothing, but if squared circle is like, Oh, this shit sucks. I'm usually like, damn, that was awesome. You know what I mean? Like, I love this. Like the Hell in a Cell, I was online and I was reading and they're like, huh, well, lost me now, Vince. You know, congratulations. $10, you know, poorer in the bank. And I'm like, dude, you guys are just a bunch of crybabies. Like, a man smashing a dude with a sledgehammer. He poisoned his brain. You know what I mean? It was a perfect monster movie angle where he succumbed oh, you know seth rollins being and all of his judgment calls were based on destroying the beast and then they just like drop that whole angle that they could have ran with on monday and they're like oh no just kidding you know he's yeah. still just seth rollins they're like what, yeah. what the hell is happening yeah here? that was an interesting night right because the crowd was already booing well into that match before we had the schmaz ending yeah I was not booing. I was enjoying the fact that he was this unstoppable monster. Uh, but then the Shema's ending is what blew my gasket. I was like, I just cannot do this anymore. And, you know, I, I, of course, knowing full well that part of that is just the brattiness of being a fan of a thing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. part of the kayfabe of my own life is do I really hate this and want to not watch it anymore or am I going to keep watching it? And we're finding out week to week. <laughs> I was talking shit about AEW their second weekend and I'm like, oh man. And then I realized it's like, I just don't like things that are like good for me or tailored to me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just like garbage. Like, Give me that bad raw. I want to watch three hours of something that I just don't enjoy rather than like two hours of Speaking oh, of, what did you tell me is your favorite angle on Raw these days? Oh, the Bobby Lashley oh my God. story, dude. Fuck it's you, like, Bobby. I hope you're listening. Oh, whatever, Josh. Dude, Vince McMahon is living out his fantasy of like being held by this like Onyx Adonis <laughs> and like at the same time burying the Russian where like he's done nothing wrong. And it's like, it's so tight that they're like, Ugh. yeah, no, no, no. Like you guys are still married, but like enough money will get you to kiss this guy, right? And they're like, yeah. stupid gone. Now, man. Sadly, <laughs> it's man. not gone. It's still here. And you're the one person in the, the entire world that I've found that is enjoying that it. That not only enjoys that, but thought Hell in a Cell was like, okay. <laughs> dope. I would say Hell in a Cell was dope. Right. The ending was so tight. Like, other than... Uh, <laughs> nah. such a Boo! Fuck you! This shit <laughs> ah, sucks! Even Jim Cornette is not on your side for uh, this Thanks, one. everybody, for listening. We uh, Yeah, well, that's the show. <laughs> He's got to... Just get caned. Yeah. Pulled out. Oh, dude, speaking of Kane, I just watched uh, one of his matches as um, Payne such and what, you know, on the fighter, uh, the little Tom uh, uh, stream from when he was wrestling before WWF. You were saying words, but I have no idea what words. Oh, what dude, he has a name are. like not Payne Martinez, but like. So this is probably like when he's in, in Tennessee or wrestling like, for Jerry King Lars. Yeah, dude, before he's Isaac Yankum and he's got like this shitty like haircut with a super long rat tail. He's got like <laughs> the start of Kane's gear, like it's all red and black, like singlet, but it's like hostilely where it cuts off at the thighs, and then he's got the drapes, and he wrestles just like '98 Kane still. Oh wow, it's so dope. It's just like this big bowling ball of a man, like um, Beer City Brawler, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. sure. Yeah, like that body type without the suit to be like, look at this enigma. He's just like this dude 
fucking this guy up with elbows. Right. Like, oh, interesting. It's, that sounds like a fun one. You'll have to uh, message me that match so yeah. we can check it out. Yeah, I'll do some. I'll do some digging. This Wednesday was great too, as far as wrestling, because you had the go home show for uh, AEW's uh, Full Gear, mm-hmm. and then on the other channel you had you know the continuation of this Survivor Series Invasion angle. Mm-hmm. So, like you were saying, like it was a great. Oh, week. honey, yes. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a great week to flip back and forth and i i hope that that's in, in indicative of what we have to look forward to moving forward yes into the end of the year well that's the next thrill year. of the monday night wars right like right. it's not just that you have two options but it's that eventually you can tell when they're doing things behind the scenes to try to pull themselves up that bar so that right. that they're on the top of the mountain, so to speak. And it felt like, with especially with AEW, this was the first week that it felt like maybe there was a little bit of, of shifting or fast-forwarding into a story, because they've definitely been building towards Jericho's inner circle versus the elite. But now that, you know, the WWE is, is going on the Survivor Series kick, it felt like they really pushed forward the idea that, like, this is the story going forward mm-hmm. is the how many different ways can we put together matches between the elite and the inner circle that you want to see yeah and then i thought with the dark order i was surprised they didn't win because they the first sort of leg of aew has been around this tag team tournament that they've sure. been having and i really expected the dark order to come out on top because i think of the dark order and the inner circle as being part of a bastard conspiracy okay because that's how I'm always looking at things. Right. Uh, and just the names of them lend themselves to that sort of foreshadowing. But uh, I like I like the way that that tournament has set up. I think this I, I set up a trip. I'm going out of town. I'm going to be gone on Saturday night. But you're, I didn't. I never put AEW's pay per view in my schedule. Oh no! <laughs> it snuck up on you. It sure and did. And that's another thing. It's it was cool to see their their first go home show, if you will, for a pay per view. And it'll be cool to see next week how do they handle the show after a big right. a big pay per view event. You know, WWE traditionally won't show video from a pay-per-view event the first week couple of weeks afterwards because they want you to go back and you know order it or go back and check it out on the network kind of thing what does aew do in this particular case one of the great things about the aew broadcast is it's so crisp because they don't do a lot of rehashing wwe has been around for so long they caught these patterns where hey we're come back from commercial let's show you what happened before commercial starting the second hour let's show you what happened in the first aew does none of that right and part of that too is the fact that they do what smackdown was doing in in that they'll just go to picture in a picture mm-hmm. while it's uh while it's going on. I had forgotten when I was watching AEW last night that I was kind of watching it on delay, like I was five minutes behind. So when the last commercial break hit, I looked at my clock and it said uh, nine fifty eight, uh. and I was like, "Are you seriously going in a commercial two minutes before you go off the air?" Living <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> red hot. Man. What in the hell? Um, for me, the story of the show, and again, I, I got cut off, so I did not see the probably the last. 45 minutes of both shows, so I missed the the, the big headliners. But right. Cody's promo went from sort of, eh, to, whoa. Yeah. I thought that by the end of that promo, he had spit more straight fire. If you look at his promos leading into the big events, he is doing the best promo work in the damn business. It's there, awesome. There were two huge highlights last night, and that w- it was Cody's promo, and then later on, I think in the second hour, you had uh, a video package that Chris Jericho had put together. Uh Kind mimicking, of weird, funny one where he's sitting in the bathtub with the bubbly and stuff. Cody's promo from the last couple, Cody's uh, video package from the last yeah, couple of weeks. Okay, yeah, uh, uh, I it was just tie-in. taking the yeah, just taking the piss out of Cody's promo for because he had DDP in his promo, so he so Jericho got fucking Virgil, Soul Train Jones, dude, show some respect. <laughs> Ain't no Virgil. They had they had uh, Mike. Is it Mike Hagar now? The, which, yeah. he, was just, he, did, he said nothing. Yeah, just, I don't even know. He just walked by, which is probably he just for the best. Into the camera with his arms crossed. Yes. It's like, yeah, no, I think I think the wall's a pretty good idea. And they're just like, hey, let's get the hell out of here, man. We're talking about Jericho. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. No, it was it was good in the same way that like out of three hours of raw, I fast forwarded through most of it because there was one or two seeing Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler face to face in a scene that reminded me of the scene between Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and Heat. 
Whoa, was nice. fucking awesome. Yeah, it was very cool that they had Shayna invade the promo, right? Because yeah. that's that you no, least no, expected. Yeah, no, no physical altercation whatsoever. Simply a very tenacious face-to-face. Shayna Baszler is very, very good. One thing I noticed watching both shows this week and sort of just reflecting on wrestling where we're at right now is I feel that the the Japanese roster of female wrestlers are tighter and crisper. You know, they have a much stronger legacy of training for wrestling matches. Sure. Where in the United States, you had uh, training for a hybridized diva wrestler. Right. Hybrid. It was it was definitely much more important that you were pretty than good. But then I thought that Shayna Baszler match with Dakota Kai was a very very good match. Absolutely, so it's uh, I have to I've be careful co- about generalizing too damn much. But I think I think a lot of the indie women coming into AEW, uh, who their champion right now is um, uh, Riho. Riho, one of the big competitors is the dentist. Um, yeah, Britt Baker, Doctor Britt oh. Baker. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Baker has. Uh, I, I like where she's going, but she's sloppy in the ring, right. and I think we see quite a bit of that from the indies. And yeah, I'm probably mistaken to blame it on the women's roster. It's probably just because you have a lot of people coming into a television situation where you have to be in different spots than you ever had to be right. in the indies, and. Um, so those are some of the things I was thinking. I thought Japanese women are better. Oh, but Shanna Baszler and Dakota Kai are also very damn good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I, I, I clearly recall. I think it was around the time Dakota Kai made it into the the May Young Classic mm-hmm. that they had at the time in NXT. They had the Iconics and they had a couple of other girls from New Zealand. Whatever happened to the Iconics? Uh, yeah, well, One they of them moved must them, got hurt, right? They moved them to Raw, and much like uh, Kevin Owens, we have never seen them ever again. Ooh, yeah. Oof. Another angle I love: the Iconics. People. <laughs> No, I, I'm a big fan. I uh, much to my uh, much to my girl's chagrin. I absolutely love the videos online of uh, Billy Kay going, "Hey, Kayla!" Oh. So I take that all the oh, yeah, time, yeah. and and I also all the time tell her, "You gotta be choking me." Nothing. That particular hand signal, because that's the thing. I didn't realize she did it until Xavier Woods uh, did a, a costume with one of his friends at a con as the Iconics, ah. and there was a video of him just going, "You gotta be." Choking me. <laughs> People can't see if you're a football fan. It's right. sort of the first down signal. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's going to be so dope when Xavier Woods transitions and then like has like every damn title belt because finally he's recognized as like we get like to that nice crosshair where you have intergender champions like how China had the IC title. Sure. And, you know. And then at the same time, he finally gets the push that he like he he wants, you know. But they're like, "Yeah, no, go ahead, man. You can dress like Riku from Final Fantasy Eleven. Just like keep bringing right. us that fucking money, baby." And he's like, <laughs> "Well, now the, the 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 standard has been set, right?" So Vince McMahon can say, "Well, as soon as you have eleven years in, we'll give you a two month title reign and then pull the rug out from under you for." Oh, are you talking about Kofi? <laughs> oh, yeah. They got like nine months, dude. Yeah, no, it was actually a very good run. It's, when you really take a step back, because when it first happened, I was like. Well, kind of seen that one coming, you know. But it's like, right. oh, when you stop kicking the dirt, you're like, damn. Yeah, there was Kofi Kingston got nine month there championship. Were the first reign. couple of months, every time he was going, even when it was like Kofi and Dolph Ziggler, I'm like, Dolph's the one you're gonna t- take the title off Kofi for. All right. <laughs> it took about three or four title defenses before I was like, okay, this is legit. And he got to he got to travel the damn world with that title belt, which is very cool. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that for him. I mean, how, what a blast that would be, right? Absolutely. Oh, when Kofi walks away from professional wrestling, he gets to think of like you know. I was a champion, not like he has uh, sour grapes about, oh, well, I right. held it and then they didn't really want it for me. You know, he's not going to go on to Colt Cabana's podcast and be like, <laughs> this wasn't the championship reign that I wanted, even though like my pay rate increased, you know, and that's not tenfold, say, but there's like, nothing to say that he's not getting the belt again. I mean, I, I and I, I continue to suggest that if they ever do the faction thing, they are the most venerable of the factions. So when you look at this sort of, have you done the work mentality that Vince McMahon seems to have? They they have the seniority when yeah. it comes to factions in WWE. So I, I think we'll be seeing a lot more of them. And boy, an eventual Big E. Heel turn. That's the, oh, just the title reign. I don't yeah, care how I you just, do it. I just, I just, I, I'll, I'll Big accept e him in any. Is, is the monster of those three, and he's the one that I want to see uh, pushed into a main event spot. I thought we were getting that with like every time they tease uh, the new day coming out and like being like, oh, Kofi's our champion. Kofi, you know, Kofi, our, our boy, our boy won. You know, I love you so much. I thought it was like, oh man, that's that perfect like yeah. Triple H into the damn car window with Shawn Michaels styley like heel turn for Big E to just be like, I'm sick of this shit. You right, know. Right. Like, 
Oh, and, I'm young. I'm hot. When's I'm, my turn? Yeah, exactly. I'm ready to go, baby. Yes, and that would launch him into superstardom because oh, he'd be able dude. to flip that character as they did before. Make you were introduced as faces with the silly music, and they they flat out said we knew that was going to suck. We knew that if we just right. kept doing it, we were going to be able to spin it into heel dumb, which we'd then be able to spin back into like their 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 road through the WWE has sort of they've they've made it happen and, and they've been very wise and in it's a really good example too of like taking whatever bullshit they give you and spinning it into gold mm-hmm. yes. which you you hear quite often with a lot of guys like you know if if they give a guy two or three different chances as different characters and they can't make it work well it must be on the guy right it's not the fact that we're giving him bullshit it must he can't he can't turn the bullshit we're giving them into something and i think that speaks into how tight they are as a unit behind the scenes when you have three heads to put together you can you can really figure out how to turn lemons into lemonade right and they've proved that when you when you're on your own i mean like is anyone expecting Mojo Raleigh to spin his next character? And like, <laughs> right. The, clearly, there's some sort of mix that's wrong there, and yeah. so Mojo needs to team up with somebody who's got what he doesn't in terms of the whole wrestling thing. I don't know what that is. I haven't dissected it enough. I'm not sure exactly what he has. Uh, I mean, <laughs> other than football, well, he uh, used to have hype. Yes. He doesn't have that anymore. No, so I don't know. That definitely was, doesn't have hype anymore. That was that was the whole thing I liked about Mojo was he was hype. You like the what am I? What is going on here? <laughs> I used to get hyped for the hype bros. That was just not Dude, Taylor. Fuck you, this shit sucks. <laughs> Damn, I'm dude. not surprised Jim Cornette didn't like. Jim Cornette does not like fun. So <laughs> I liked when he was just coming out and blasting into everybody, and then they're like, "Hey, look, it's Mojo. Oh, he's over the top rope. All right, cool. So the next guy in the Royal Rumble is, and you're like, right. sweet man, I got to say Mojo Raleigh tonight. Like that's not too bad, not too bad. But. So yeah, it's been an interesting week, and it's going to be interesting going forward because Survivor Series, as uh, longtime listeners may remember, is my favorite. Ah, Survivor Series yes. is my favorite event. Sometimes it sucks. Sometimes it's great. But you, you do not get fooled every year like I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this is something to think about too. This is almost exactly a year since Becky Lynch became the man. Ah, interesting. Like she was, she was over for, as as of SummerSlam against Charlotte, and we were all on her side instead of Charlotte's. But this is where the the Ronda Rousey stuff happened, and I feel like after that promo, there was definitely a few mentions of Ronda. I would not be. Surprised surprised if this is how they bring Ronda back. Yeah, I've not been... She was so um, social media present when she left and talking about how she was going to have a baby and things, and then right. I, I, she sort of fell off of my algorithms. So I don't... Did did they have a baby? Are they... I do not know. I don't know anything about her situation. Although, yeah, seeing... Uh, frankly, I think that Shayna Baszler is good enough that you don't need Ronda Rousey. Now. I agree. Oh, thank you. I agree 100%. Un- unfortunately, it's a Q rating thing, right? Like WWE is a huge company and yep. she has a, a, a huge profile. So they bring her in for that. But yeah, in terms of just the raw, like who do I think is a bigger badass when I if I see Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey staring each other down in a wrestling ring. Right. I think, oh no, Shayna Baszler is way more of a badass. Yeah, and I think part of that is because she's put in the work as far as us, mm-hmm. as the fans are concerned. Absolutely. We've seen her put on multiple matches where she's just a fucking badass. Yep. No, that's been, she's she's got to work that exact same thread over and over and over again, and she's she's perfected it. She's one of my favorites. Yeah. Is she still holding the title? She is. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. dude. I love me some Basie. She's was, a crusher. Some of my favorite memes after Crown Jewel, because they had announced that it was going to be NXT versus Raw versus SmackDown, was the idea that it's going to be Adam Cole versus Brock Lesnar versus The Fiend. <laughs> uh, there's been some fun memes coming out of that one. Yes, there have. And quite honestly, I think Adam Cole's string of wins this week lends itself to trying to legitimize him when we have to put him up against one of those two guys. Absolutely. And we're for sure going to see where there's going to be some sort of opportunism angle. Angle, right, whether yeah. whether he wins or not, he's going to have to look for his opportunity while essentially watching these two kaiju beat the hell out of each other, right? Because you have these two indestructible forces now, and then Adam Cole, who's perfect to be a face. Yeah. I mean, like everybody in the universe is loving him right now. Everyone so. will chant Adam Cole, baby, no matter what nefarious bullshit he does. Exactly. Yeah, he, could have, <laughs> he could have an entire army of Undisputed Era and like nine guys come out. Can you, can you fucking picture? Okay, so Brock Lesnar is supposed to fight Rey Mysterio at Survivor Series in, in a match, just a title match or whatever. So, it's just, it's tragic. I, I agree. Uh, but can you imagine, okay, with taking Brock Lesnar off the table, we're going to get Adam Cole versus The Fiend. Can you fucking imagine the Undisputed 
undisputed era beating the shit out of the fiend and him just popping back up every time crushes every one of them it would be amazing. Oh, honey, yes. Yeah, it would be <laughs> fucking amazing. Two times for good measure, baby. <laughs> Two times for good measure. I hope that's what we have to look forward to. Oh, yes. Yeah. Wait, yeah. what's the what's the set list for Survivor Series, boys? Break break it down for me. The girls are the three women's champions are going to have a match. So you got Ron or not Ronda? You got uh, Shayna Baszler, um, Becky Lynch, and Bailey. Which I think Bailey is going to be the one nobody is expecting anything out of, like Bailey with the roll up. And what do we, what do we think about the Bailey? She's got the black hair. It's cutting the "I want to speak to your manager" sort yep. of oh, look yeah. now. What do you guys think about? I'm, I'm, I, wa- I wanted more. heel Bailey, but I didn't want heel soccer mom Bailey. Did she That's throw, a weird decision. Well, she threw that hissy fit. That's the last time I seen her. I thought they were kind of like done with her, where they're like. Hey, you know what's going to be good TV for this character? Show her crying for seven minutes. <laughs> yes. I'm like, damn, they're just really rubbing this one in. I think right. she might have talked some shit or something. I think the character but. still needs a little bit more, but it is in this early gestation period fascinating to watch. Uh, the first episode of the Corey Graves podcast was last week. Okay. And she was supposed to be one of the guests. He asked her about the WrestleMania temper tantrum. First question. And she hung up. <laughs> Damn, so she kind of is a well, little bit fussy. Yeah. Okay, because we got that. Uh, we were listening to the Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, uh, I almost said Becky Lynch, Bailey podcast. And uh, the whole time he's just complimenting uh, Sasha Banks in there. I yeah. remember that. And he's like, isn't she fantastic? And she's like, yeah, she's she's great. She's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, really, great. I really like wrestling her. And if you watch this moment, this is where I uh, learned this move from. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on a second. Toots. We're watching a Sasha we're Banks. Sasha Banks. <laughs> Damn. All right. Well, yeah. So, uh, you know. so the girls are going to have the three title, uh, the three title holders from each roster are going to, are going to fight each other. All three tag teams that hold uh, t- titles are going to fight each other. So essentially the revival is facing the Viking Raiders. Yes is facing the Undisputed Era, which is a match we saw on NXT uh, TakeOver like a year ago. And it's finally, it's the Red Dragon versus the Revival. Yeah. Who is still the Revival and versus... The Viking, uh, uh, the, the, the War Raiders. The, the War, or, Mach- War Machine. War Machine, yes, thank you. <laughs> Wait, Re- Revival's got the titles now, too? They do. God damn, all right. <laughs> I have not been watching, en- I haven't been watching enough Raw to see their title run. Like, no. are, they, are they buried in the third hour or something? I uh, wouldn't know because I tend to fast forward through almost everything but promos now. Fair fair yeah hmm. I, I was hoping for them to come to AEW I got really excited that it's like okay cool yeah. we got two disgruntled boys I do best believe, wrestlers in the tag team I do believe the that they are among the people who have not signed a long term contract extension I also believe they are among the people who said never again after Saudi Arabia last week that would stand to reason <laughs> and yeah. that's that's the two things that I, I find the most interesting about that situation is a who says no next time the Saudi the show comes very up very interesting how yeah, do they put a, a show of, There'll be a lot of individual How meetings, many? I think, between Vince McMahon and superstars that and, yeah. they have never had before, where he tries to smooth all that over. He works right. his carny magic. It's just Sergeant you know, Slaughter wrestling. You know what Hulk you do Hogan. when you have employees that say that they're not going to do something in six months? Yeah. You bait the hook, you throw it out, and then you reel them in <laughs> real slow. I thought he was going to have them see how fancy the suit he was wearing was, but you got me. <laughs> you absolutely got me. The other thing is, I cannot wait. A year, two years from now or something like that for some of these undercard talent to ride out their contract and leave. Luke Harper. Luke Harper was very upset about that plane ride. And and Luke Harper is someone I want to see. Inevitably do a shoot interview. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's. (laughs) Well, I I thought that was going to be the OC. The OC was like. I got kids, man. You gonna give me that? <laughs> yeah. You gonna well, give me that big seven digits? Yeah. Oh. Carl Henderson said something about the fact that like I could use another pool yeah. on Twitter. So he'll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be heading back over there. You don't care. Yeah. That he, fucking rules, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's it's great, right? Because it, as I would love the Good Brothers to get back out of WWE, but right. I also appreciate the fact that they're like, we're fucking carnies, dude. Like, yeah. don't make make no mistake. <laughs> this is all the baby's got to get paid. Yeah. This yeah. Is all about how many zeros is in the paycheck. So <laughs> yeah. It's Luke Gallows with the with the classic '80s Japanese villain makeup. Oh yeah, it's so sick. They were, Every time he comes out, I'm like, dude. They were on they were online bitching just like the revival, just like Luke Harper. 
And Vince McMahon rolled up and said, hey, I don't even know what your name is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you Festus. Want, you want to, Festus, you want Damn. to stick around for three years? Here's $5 million. I, There's a rear view mirror. That's where you can put on your makeup. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm so happy to see Luke Gallows and like Carl Anderson at the top of the fray. And then my boys, the Revival title holders. Uh, you know what? It's cool. it's cool to see the OC with AJ kind of like being a force on Raw. Once again... I, they haven't won a match. They haven't won a single goddamn match. They don't have to <laughs> wrestle for a year, dude. They could just go through beating people up, cutting promos, and then like by Survivor Series of next year, they finally like wrestle and it'd be like the hypest shit ever, you know? <laughs> Part of the reason that Vince McMahon may have squashed The Fiend was just to tack on one extra chuckle on the joke that was uh, Bray Wyatt's win-loss record, right? Yeah. Like, everyone was like, well, The Fiend can't lose because Bray Wyatt has never won. And how, <laughs> how do you ever make this guy strong? If, if And then, of course, the first match out, <laughs> he gets that ridiculous non... that stoppage. Can you imagine if Mark Calloway comes in the WWE in the 80s as the Undertaker character with the big tie and everything like that and just fucking loses for two years <laughs> until they decide to make him an unstoppable go, monster? Hey, guys, now he's coming out to Limp Bizkit. Isn't he cool? And they're like, yeah, this guy's the best. He'll carry us through 2000 three to 2007 no problem baby you he'll know? be having hologram matches a hundred years from now dude it's gonna be so tight when like the fiend finally retires the undertaker and then like vince mcmahon you know because continuity don't mean shit to them so he's like look at you he's an unstoppable force and then two weeks later it's just like bray wyatt and like straight max katie gear kidnapping sarah and like the reboot of the date rapist diamond <laughs> oh, no. Cage oh my god and they're like Look, man, he's he's the he's the bad guy. He's a sniveling jerk, and now Undertaker's coming back to beat him up. And you're like, right. well, shit, man, three years of building this character. Oh, I guess I should have been used to it by now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is that around the same time that Lana is give uh, gonna give birth to Bobby Lashley's hand baby? Dude. Fuck you, Bobby. I hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it going. You know, what I mean? That's the best shit they got. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm going to be missing the live broadcast of the pay per view this week, but I'm for sure going to see it. Did you guys catch the end of this week's AEW? And do you have any expectations, thoughts going into? Are you guys into the pay per view this weekend? I'm definitely not interested in in grabbing it. You know, in in uh, like I'll be monitoring it via Twitter or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, they did do a fantastic job of making matches that you know a couple of weeks ago I was like, well, eh, that sounds okay. Into matches, I'm like, fuck, I think I want to see that. Yeah, dude, I think I think they. Uh they pulled out a banger for the 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 list on this pay per view. I think the matches are. Did you see the um, setup for the lights out match? No, uh, the unsanctioned match. Yeah, Moxley and Kenny Omega. Dude, no. when John Moxley went through, he cut a promo about how the AEW like CEOs are trying to fit him into a box of like he's a lunatic fringe, and he's like, uh, "This ain't me." But then they cut a video package of like 2006 Moxley just like rubbing his face with his own blood and shit like that. Nice. And, like, falling through tubes and he's like you want to put me in a box man you think i'm just some hardcore wrestler he goes you know and then kenny omega's like dog you think you're gonna chain wrestle me like nice. out of your fucking mind and then <laughs> just like showing john moxley falling through like uh fluorescent lights for a minute and then kenny omega being like this grand spectacle of a professional wrestler i think that's gonna be the show stealer yeah and mr bean do you think that this is in some ways could be kenny omega's big first coming out party for us i mean he's been a couple he's been in a couple of pay-per-views right but generally speaking for the american audience he's been all of his great work has been in, in, in new japan right yeah i know he's had a couple of really good tv matches and he had that really good match with joey janela on AEW's dark mm-hmm. on uh youtube but i don't I don't know. I don't feel like this is... I I don't think the match will be bad. But okay. I don't feel where this is the match where American audience go, oh, fuck, Kenny Omega, that's right. Like, that guy's real good. I just... I feel like he can, though, because we know that Mox can bring that out of somebody, right? That's like, true. Mox is going to... Ha- like, if you had put him up against uh, one of the much... Lo- one of the best friends, right. they would put on a great pay-per-view match, Absolutely. in my opinion. And I, so I think that... At least we're going to get a chance for Kenny Omega to tell some story here, right. which he has not done much of, right? He's sort of evolved back into the idea of the cleaner behind the scenes. Yeah. But we've only seen little punctuations of it in the matches themselves. Well, and speaking of uh, matches that could be like, you know, coming out parties for the American audience, for the AEW audience, I feel like 
Pac is looking to bring that out of Hangman Page. Ah, boy, and Pac oh. is really good, man. He's really uh, good. He got he had that little uh, he had that little confrontation with Orange Julius, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's infested yeah. this show as well. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, and uh, where you, I loved watching that. And did you watch how in the, in the background? Uh, um, oh, what's his name? Was it Chuck Taylor? Chuck Taylor, yeah. Well, I almost call him Doc Martin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Taylor's doing this like little dance to right. keep the, the keep ref, the ref distracted, distracted while it's and going on. You've got so the, the get... little low kicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and Pac is just like, fuck you, and just shoves him out, right? Like, what a great <laughs> which, fun... is, which is honestly how it's one of the best ways to deal with a, a ridiculous ca- character like Orange Absolutely. Cassidy. Like some of the more serious wrestlers are either you either fall into that Bugs Bunny reality where right. that he's about to really beat you with Absolutely. this stupid thing, yes. or you just go fuck you, <laughs> yes, and boot him in the face, right, right, and you can keep Orange Cassidy doing that for a really long time, right, because the thrill then becomes when does he get to finish his. Yeah. This chain of moves right. against the Pac, right? The moment that Pac goes to shove him and Orange Cassidy does not fall yeah. is the time that the crowd just, just loses erupts. their shit. Yeah. And, yeah. and Pac is so good at bringing that out of people, man. He is a fantastic heel. Yeah. Did you notice that like, as he's gone to AEW, I was watching his match last night, and like, even when he hits... Uh, oh, what's his, uh, his finisher called? The uh, Red Arrow? Yeah, when he hits the Red Arrow now, before in WWE... You know, because the big complaint about him as a face in WWE was he's like Superman, you know? He's got no right. uh, no chinks mm-hmm. in the armor, you right. know? There's no cracks in his system. He's just perfect, lands on his feet every time. Now when he's hitting red arrows, he's selling them like, uh, like Eddie Guerrero used to do with the Frog Splash, where he's like, you know, or Rob Van Dam even, where he like... I mean, he's flipping with a tremendous amount of momentum right. into somebody's rib cage. And before he's like, whoop, all right, man, I just hit the fucking AX button, you know, and then right. pins him. And now, like he's like now he bouncing like, a little bit. Yeah, he looks great, dude. He's greasy. He's overworked. He's like <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah, and that that Cody Chris Jericho match that that promo last night was Paul Heyman level put butts in seats that yeah. Cody delivered. Like it went from a this is probably going to be a pretty good match to holy fuck, I need to know how this happened, how this and, ends. And it was really smart the way they did it in Charlotte. The, even though the the. Uh, on-site audience was too amped up, I think, to to get it. Yeah. I think a lot of people watching at home where he mentions a bunch of Charlotte legends yes. and sort of reminds people in a similar way to what Billy Corgan's doing where it's like, this is all Atlanta wrestling. All of this first wave of, show, uh, of live TV tapings has been through that southern corridor. And I don't think that's a mistake. I think that's we. He was going through dusty territory, right? Oh, and telling everybody, and... like, "Hey, people are saying this is the new thing, but don't think that we've forgotten." I am the son of Dusty Rhodes, and right? That's, I think very shrewd for a long term plan. Yeah, and it's interesting too. I. It's not one of those things because the 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 thing that Cody had said last night, the the stipulation he put on this match is that if he loses, he will never challenge for the AEW title again. Typically. In somebody else's product, you put that stipulation on, you now know how this match ends. Right. I mean, to be fair, I still think I know how this match ends. I don't feel that way. I can can legitimately see him losing this match and like, yeah, one or two years down the line, that'll get overturned and he'll get the challenge for the title again. But them setting something like that up so that you don't have to worry about a Jeff Jarrett situation where like, okay, well, every couple of months, Cody's just going to put himself in the title match again. Hmm, It's like a 30 year old kid that owns a company. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, he can he can last being put on the shelf for a while if that's the route they go. Right. I think as soon as they said that's the match that has the three judges, right? If it, it does, exceeds yeah. This, as soon as you did that, I thought that was a brilliant move because one, okay, this is how boxing does it, so it makes it feel like a real sport. Right. However, boxing is notorious for being fixed because there are so many <laughs> bad judges. Now, right. whether, well, I, I I believe that the audience is about like 8,000% overzealous when they call fixed in a boxing match, but there certainly have been boxing matches where you're like, there's no way that three judges saw that fight end that way, right? Right. So there's for sure, I will speak to you, Joseph. Yes, I think I, there's a schmaz coming. Well, what happens in terms of how Cody responds to that, whether right. he takes a, a, a seat on the bench for a while or not, it will be interesting. Interesting to see. I will say, in leading up to this first pay per view, the elite and Cody have done a great job of not overbooking themselves. I think that was super important, and I right. think that they were very successful in that way. Really, mm-hmm. I I was just about to pop in with the opposite of like you know it's 
not surprising, but it's kind of like business as usual that like the the CEOs and head honchos of the show have like managed to like posture themselves as the, you know the the four or five main events. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and every time too. You know what I mean? Like any storyline that's going on, they're like, who's going against Cody? Who's going against Jericho? Who's you know what well, are no, the young you, bucks doing? You for like, sure want to see your big names being big names, but you didn't see the young bucks immediately win the titles. For example, they were right. the big shocking ending with the uh, with uh, the the Lucha Brothers and um, SCU. Yes, SCU, who has been doing some great work. I really like SCU and Scorpio Sky is for real. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't think that... Christopher uh, Daniels uh, and... Frankie Kazarian. Yes. I didn't think that much of them when they were on the Indies. I knew that they had worked a lot, but I didn't think that they really shined. But they are they are definitely a very important and valuable piece in this AEW roster. Well, they're, um, that's the original team from ROH, right? When they were, yeah, they, uh, they've been a tag team for like 20 years. Yeah, I was yeah say, they I... used to dress in the very um, World War One German kind of thing yeah, going on. Yeah, Daniels was a Nazi for like 20 years <laughs> and then he came here and I'm like, oh, so they did some Nazi garb. All right. Yeah, uh, like, there was probably a conversation. Bringing Walter in would have been tight. You know what I mean? Yeah, you could have yeah. really ran that one <laughs> in. But... No, it turns out in real life that, no, they're just like a couple of comic nerds, like almost everybody in wrestling in 2019. Yeah, And that it was just an angle. <laughs> yeah, it'd be so funny, dude, to like go on and like do the wrong like subreddits and they're like, oh, great. <laughs> now they're getting their own character representation on TV. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, dude, that's kind of a classic. Uh, you know, Nazis are immediately bad guys. Uh, never mind. Yeah, like I said, <laughs> I'm explaining a children's show, but. You know, <laughs> that's what we do every week. We defend children's shows. Yeah, dude, for amen. Sure. Amen. I think that's been a pretty good conversation this week. What do you guys think? Yeah, well, it was a very interesting week in professional wrestling, no matter which wrestling you were watching. Yes. And I think uh, I think it's only going to get more and more interesting going forward. Hopefully for the right reasons, not because people get left in a third world country by the right. boss. Right. But uh, I'm I'm looking forward to this weekend. I'm looking forward to tomorrow night SmackDown to see what happens. Look forward to next week to see what happens on Wednesday nights. And looking forward to talking to you, Shawnee. All right. And uh, so what are you up to these days, sir? Do you have anything you want to uh, promote? Anything you want to ballyhoo before we go Oh, here? yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me ballyhoo away. You All right, bait so, the hook, um, you throw it out, and then you reel them in real <laughs> slow. Hell yeah, baby. I'm telling you, the Badger gets it. That's just show business right there. So we got uh, we got the Boys Shooting Club, a new podcast coming from Joey Shimana and Vinny Trotto, baby. You're going to get... Some wild ass guests, uh, maybe some garbage pickers, maybe some celebrities. You know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater right on the television right here, right now. But uh, you got to give them something to tune in for. You can get a little, you can get a little taste, baby. The boys shooting club. We're here to riff. We're here to shoot. We're to... And our previous guest, Joshua, who does uh, his podcast broadcast from Cowhouse. Oh, it... shout out Cowhouse Recordings, friends of the podcast. Yeah, they uh, they they uh, have Muscle Baby, your alter ego, uh, appearing on their Monday, November eighteenth episode. So we will make sure that we share that. I'm going to give your uh, your new shooting gallery. Sh- I'm going to have to give that a listen before I share it with our audience because you know we're in a we're in an era of deep criticism of uh, entertainment, and I don't want to get uh, lumped in with some sort of strange. You'd be safe to do that for sure. I, I was driving the other day and I was thinking about it, and I'm like, damn, we're going to make so many enemies just from telling stories and ripping, you know? But yeah. it's like there's just so much content in there. Right. Yeah, so we we tend to. Mr. Bean has a job in the real world, and so uh, and he. <laughs> complains about the fact that he needs to keep it because he wants to pay rent. He don't want to live outside. (laughs) So so we keep everything pretty PC around here. uh, I'm going to guess that your show may be a little different. So I'm sort of distancing myself as I introduce the uh, Ah, We'll have you on an app, dude. We'll have you on an app. We'll put put in a little secret. Uh, Check this out, but don't blame us if you hate it. Absolutely. Oh, I want to give the audience a send home uh, uh, match to watch. Maybe we can pop in. I'll jump the link in to the uh, yeah, we'll throw that in the show notes. Yeah, and then maybe like in a future episode we can dissect it. It's a twenty-three minute banger, but goddamn, it sums up everything that is professional wrestling. All right, what were you watching? Would tell us Uh, the other Japanese promotion in the eighties that was an NJPW. I don't even know if they were around at the time. A A. Anyway, the link will be in there. It's Stan Henson versus Kawada. I can't pronounce his first name, but dude. Dan Henson, 23-minute brick shit house. He uh, he suffers a full-blown concussion. You can see the CTE happen oh, Jesus. within, like, oh, the first seven minutes. Because, you know, like, back then, they're not pulling any punches, you know, if it's getting a little hot. 
Yeah. He got kapowied. I'm telling you, dude, it is nasty. Because Stan Henson, you know, you never see that man falter. He's like your best friend's garage dad. I think this is what you can expect from that podcast. Oh, we've all had one, dude. You just go in there, hear the sweet sounds of BTO coming from the garage. You get excited. He's just sitting there fucking drinking pop off by himself. And then, you know, he opens you up with a little F, you know, he's just like, oh, Johnny, this has gone off the rails. Close us out. (laughs) Kawada, Stan Henson. I'll pop the link in. Yeah, we'll put that link in the show notes. Boy Shooting Club coming in November. Stay tuned. All right. Stay tuned, everybody. Everybody. Thank you for coming on the show, sir. Thank you for having me, boys. I'm glad I, to go back to the classic format. Yeah, I did have one more you. sit down with you before you were officially canceled. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate y'all. Yep. And it seems that we may be out of our absolute ratings disaster. We may have finally pulled out of that thanks to Elizabeth okay. from last episode. So fingers so crossed that, that this that's is. That's why we have we her on tap now. Building some momentum. Yes. Okay. And salute, Elizabeth. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have fun. Be safe. Don't Bye, everybody. In the hole. No backups. No backups. Uh, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we ain't back for nothing. We're back for shit. You are not back. You are canceled from the studio. Damn. <laughs> You're done. We gotta get it. We gotta get a head start on the rest of the world. <laughs> I don't know what this podcast's gonna be, but I'm not sure that <laughs> I like it. Oh, it's gonna be out, dude. It's gonna be buried <laughs> quick, quick as hell. What is what is Muscle Baby like? Um. Just, David Lee Roth eating out of a garbage can instead of having sex with seventeen-year-old women. Just, just knowing you, I'm like, I can't imagine. Oh yeah, that that that's what we call the blueprint, baby. Between the Emotron and Adam and his package, you got the the granddaddies. The granddaddies handed down the QY seven hundred sequencer, and we're like, hey, dude. Dude, I was playing with the Emotron. Oh, it's all right. It was fun. They, they, they were. That was a cool night because Anti Ghost was uh, there, and I'd never seen them before, and they were really cool, kind of really high energy, like pop punk stuff. Yeah, I don't think that you would love them, but they were. I was watching them, and I was like, in 1998, they would have got a record contract. They're, yeah. they're young, full of energy, very, very tight. Play I love the, the Emotron because I love Carnies. But he was doing just the crusty thing with a guitar, playing yeah. with another guy named Cornbread. And I didn't bring out like, a synth at all. He swallowed one of those whistles, so he was just breathing, and it was in his throat. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. It was just breathing. Like, when the freak show started, I was like, nope, nope, I gotta go. I gotta leave. <laughs> Damn, y'all got Scarlet Storm and, uh, dude's, and Cutthroat? Yeah, dude's, oh, fuck, dude, what a show. Dude's hammering nails up his nose, and he's asking the audience people, and I'm, those people can always sense who's the most uncomfortable in the room, and I gotta get out of here before he decides it's me. Ah, yes. <laughs> dude, when I saw him, they, uh, they came with, uh, remember the hippie from um, Mars Attacks? When he gives him the dove. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we're playing the show our together. Ill-fated, our ill-fated Christmas episode of Talk Horror Me, one of our least loved episodes. Do I look like I care? I don't. I don't Mars understand how. Yeah. Damn, that's... Really? Uh, go download it and listen. All right, yeah, yeah, I'm going to pop in. But, uh... So get out of the car and, uh... You know, I played with uh, the Emotron the year prior... So, like, we're kind of, like, you know, like, introducing ourselves again, like, reintroducing. It's like, you know, hey, how's it going? I was like, oh, I'm doing all right, man. How, you know, how's tour? And he's like, hey, you ever seen the movie Mars Attacks? He goes, you know the hippie? We got that motherfucker in tow, dude. He's with the cutthroat. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you don't believe me? He goes, you ain't got any copies of Mars Attacks in that van? He goes, you need him, you need him to sign them? He goes, you can make some big money off that. You got to go meet him. He's in there right now. And I'm like, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. So I turn, you know. What kind of carny patter is that? Like, if you have any copies of Mars Attacks, because this one tiny actor who is in, who the, is movie, in the movie autographing it will make it worth a yeah, lot of money. Of, oh, <laughs> yeah, dude, that whole chain of, like, of the 20, what a grift. <laughs> blood in, blood out, dude. He smells his own in the water. Is like, hey man, come here, check this shit out. Out of the twenty huge names that are in that movie, hey, you know the hippie guy that that like has one scene? Yeah, if you get him to sign your Mars attacks, it's going to be worth so much. 
He did the intro. He did bits in between. He was so good. Uh, we might have. He might have been there when we were there. Yeah, they I didn't know. bother to ballyhoo him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like look across the room and go, "Holy shit, Chuck! Is hey, that the, the guy, from Mars, guy Attacks. from Mars Attacks?" Yeah, I didn't notice other members of the crowd just clutching their Mars Attacks DVDs, <laughs> waiting to get rich. <laughs> Dude, my man would clean up if he went to Motor City, HorrorCon. People would be like, oh, oh my sure. God, that's the guy from Mars Attacks. Yeah. Apparently not. For our audience, is any indication. Is I, I was thinking that we do like a um, like a George Lucas. We, we spice up our episode of Mars Attacks and re-release it. Just- <laughs> <laughs> I would suggest trying to get maybe the uh, the young fellow from the movie Troll 2 in as a celebrity <laughs> guest. Shit no, right this now, is one dude. of the first long team, th- uh, long-term plans that was laid down, and I discussed it with Matt before you got here. This year we do Gremlins, and that is only to get us through to next year. To next year for Gremlins too. When too. we do Gremlins too. Smart moves. Yeah. Smart I, money. I, smart money. I thought there was a Gremlins 2 plan. That's why I asked, because Absolutely. I needed to be yeah, yeah, yeah. refreshed. Oh, I'm, I'm down with that. That's great. Which, which will almost assuredly be our second least loved episode. <laughs> behind Mars Attacks or behind Gremlins? Behind Mars Attacks. Oh, okay. are, you tell- yeah, yeah. are you telling me the episode we did on The Conjuring that never saw the light of day is more popular than the Mars Attacks episode? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Cram this all together and put a bunch of weird non-sequiturs together, which right. you know is my favorite thing. Dude, that is a seven at best. I was hyping up like a nine. Yeah, this guy probably abandoned his kids. Why bad things happen to nice people? That's just like me. Because, of course, that's, that's how most... I'm surprised that anyone talks to me. I'm a fucking scumbag. <laughs> Our beautiful, wicked clowns. You're talking about ICP. Of course. Of course. All right, Dude. let's cut it there so Chuck don't have to sit here and... This is good air. Right here. <laughs> this, is, this is some good air, boys. People are definitely going to... We clip this shit and put it on the back end. Right. Ah, all right. little movie magic. And that's where you, you lure people into giving good drops because they're just having loose conversation and they don't realize that they're going to say... They're going to say something that we are going to have that lives in infamy forever. On the Patreon, are you <laughs> yes, going to like... True. The Patreon? Do people get like a little BTS behind the scenes? Yeah, we'll probably just review different movies and put drops in. We <laughs> mash the two shows together. <laughs> Take out the middleman, dude. I'm willing to play along, but I don't know if I appreciate you uh, <laughs> you telling people that I'm still in charge of the drops, even though we changed seats. Oh yeah, no, we are totally kayfabing you into a character. <laughs> Drop man, Chucky e. D, baby. <laughs> He's a ride or die if I if I'm understanding correctly. Damn, right. hell yeah, baby. 60 right. minutes in the hot seat. I'm defending a children's show. I wouldn't say explaining a children's show, but. Really ducking as you move in that Check chair. I really out. don't want to get brained. Bagel, 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 tear. Put it reverse, tear. Put it reverse. Oh, Lord. Lord, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. What the fuck are you doing, tear?